This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. We've all been there. We love all movies. We've all been there. <laughs> We love all movies. Congratulations on all the uh, yeah testimonials. Oh, thanks, I mean, man. all these famous people are coming out of the woodwork Crazy. saying how much they love it. It's nuts. It's Great. really nuts. It's it's uh, we finished it so late, like literally. I think we handed it over like two days before the press embargo lifted. You know, people who oh. people press that had that had seen a, uh, an unfinished version of it. And uh, so the whole onslaught has just been like, ah, and, you know, we're just, you know how it is. You're knee deep in something for yeah. however many, I mean, for us, it was three years. And yeah. you're just trying to get, we're, we're just trying to get it right. So all this is like, these, what movie did you guys see? This is ridiculous. <laughs> it's fantastic. Crazy. Well, I mean, that trailer was actually, I mean, it was, it was this revelatory thing. We talked about it a little bit, I think, last time I saw you, but mm. just... You know, I, I still to this day occasionally read superhero comics, but I just mm -hmm. don't go to those movies. Right. And I realized watching the trailer, it's like, oh, yeah, because it wasn't just Stan Lee I love, it's Jack Kirby. Yeah. And and I never particularly gave a shit about seeing these people dress up. And, you know, we've seen real people right. in those costumes doing this stuff. Mm -hmm. I want the art. And, mm -hmm. and um, rather than just the usual kind of 3D animation trying right. to replicate something, it actually felt like there's an artist's vision. Yes. In that movie, and it's such that was a the delight. goal. That was the whole goal. Oh, it looks like a living comic book. Yeah, yeah. an action comic. Yeah, the whole yeah. the whole goal was to try to slap the movie out of the hands of the computer and yeah. get it a little yeah. more. Well, it, uh, it's what's going on inside human. my head as a ten year old when I'm reading yeah. a comic book. It's like yeah. that's, that's the thing I love. Which you could spend 150 million entire movie stars, but and that's not what's happening. That's right, in my head. It's still not and the it's, same thing as like a one-to-one -one thing of a guy sitting at a drawing board, yeah. composing a panel like just so he can blow your little ten-year-old mind. <laughs> yeah, and it's that one-to-one. -one. We were trying to get as close to that as possible. That was that was kind cinematic of splash panel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's such a joy. Honestly. We're actually recording, so don't say anything. Too <laughs> Um, but I don't know. Should we segue in? We I guess music? <laughs> might as well. We're gonna play our music. Or, or we're gonna play our new intro as well. We have a new intro that actually acknowledges oh. the fact that Joe Dante's on the show. He, uh, <laughs> the legend. Joe, I just lurk in the, in the edges. <laughs> Joe, yeah, that was the whole thing. He started out. He just wanted to come in and see how it went, and then uh, I, I seem to have had such a good time. You keep coming back. Either that or <laughs> it's such a comfortable couch. This is The Movies That Made Me, with your hosts, Josh Olson and Joe Dante. Um, but anyway, we're, we are here uh, with uh, Peter Ramsey, who is one of the directors of um, and if you've listened to the show or if you know either of, uh, its hosts, you'll know what a surprise, but of, uh, one of the, uh, just absolutely deliriously wonderful movie, a superhero film. Ha ha. Uh, yeah. Uh, Spider-Man into the <laughs> Spider-Verse. Um, and just, I, I, every Christmas, um, 
my my niece Elodie and I go to one movie together. This started about five or six years ago. She's ten now or nine now, mm. and um, they've been kind of hit or miss. I think the worst was we saw the what's the animated one about the animals singing? Sing <laughs> is that what it's called? That was that was painful. <laughs> Sometimes they're good, but man, this year uh, everyone agreed. Um, we've absolute best we have seen, uh, was the Spider-Man film. Aww. It's, it's absolutely glorious. Thank and, you. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Or to be applauded, but we're not going to talk about the movie here because that's <laughs> not what we do. Cause he's tired of talking. Yeah, it's about actually it. a nice change. It's actually, it's kind of a nice change of pace. Isn't it? You don't have to like. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. You have those 12 answers ready to go <laughs> right. anytime. Who is it with Brian De Palma though? Didn't he used to, at least on some films, he would just. He would lie. He would just make up different answers to the same question. Over <laughs> well, it's to keep again. himself interested. Yeah. No, I think that's a, <laughs> I've thought of that. Thing. Believe me, I've thought of that. But, um, but uh, yeah, but, but Peter, I know you're a, a huge uh, movie guy, obviously. Mm. Um, and you're going to, actually, I'm not certain. You had one of two things you were going to. Right. Did these, were these the. Uh, I think I came down on the side of just, you know, rattling off a bunch of different movies and like. So, so movies that there. made you that you wished uh, were better known by the. Is that the- probably I mean some of them are fairly well known I've stayed you know I you took your advice stayed away from the the obvious you know the Godfather Chinatown yeah. blah, 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 Lawrence of Arabia all those movies I could talk about for you know 10 hours on end sure movies. but there's a, a lot more that for one reason or another kind of resonated with me or, or uh, stuck with me for you know through the years actually here's what we could we could do a sister podcast in which we just take one of those movies and have all of our guests talk about that movie for an hour you know, yes we could the trailers from hell godfather podcast it better be a pretty good movie you just come and talk about the godfather for an hour and not say what our last 20 guests but um but anyway yeah no we, we'd love to do you want to just sort of uh walk through and, and you said they're not in any particular order. no they're not in any particular order i'm even willing to hand you this list no and no, no you no, can no. throw Surprises. them at me yeah Surprises. okay well this one it's 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 uh i mean it's a for film people, it's a well-known movie. Uh, for a lot of people, particularly younger people in the audience, maybe not so much. Uh, the Sweet Smell of Success. Burt Lancaster as J.J. Hunsecker, world-famed columnist whose gossip is gospel to 60 million readers. Tony Curtis as Sidney Falco, the kid who had ideas about taking over. But we happen to know I'm your star pupil because I reflect back to you your own talent. I'd hate to take a bite of you. You're a cookie full of arsenic. <laughs> we were just, just uh, talking about it. Just talking about it. Yeah. No yes. kidding. How do you no know? kidding. It's a movie that uh, when it was introduced to it was introduced to me, I was probably in my I don't think I saw that thing until I was in my thirties. Maybe my late thirties. Anyway, by the time I finally saw it, it was one of those movies, kind of like the third man, which I had a similar experience with. That I was like, where the, f- how can I, how- you can say that. Yeah, yeah, where the no, fuck sure. is this, yeah. where have I been, where has this movie been all my life? It was such a powerful revelation. Uh, you know, I, I'm not from New York and I'm, you know, I, I've got no real connection to that, to the world of that film. But uh, I think the craftsmanship of it on every level, just the inventiveness, the, how it really, it's almost like set in an alternate universe, New York. Right. What, what, I'm trying, I'm curious because I'm realizing I had the same. Where did, what caused you to see it finally? You know, somebody recommended it to me. A friend of, it was a, uh, yeah, a friend of mine, uh, 
started raving to me about it. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'll get, I'll give it a shot because I, we might've been talking about like James Elroy or, uh, or noir or something like that. And, uh, the Sweet Smell of Success came up. And I was like, oh, I've never seen it. I've heard of it. And I actually remember the the little part in a Diner. The diner, yeah. yeah no, that, I was always like, what's this movie this guy's talking about? Exactly. So I said, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. And I w- I'm telling you, I was like obsessed with that movie. Obsessed. Yeah. Here's the other wild thing about it was that uh, the the my obsession was deep enough. So I started reading everything I could get my hands on about Alexander, Alexander McKendrick, yeah. who mm-hmm. directed it. And it turns out he directed a movie that I was kind of obsessed with when I was a kid. And it was a movie called, uh, in America, it was called A Boy Ten Feet Tall. Right. And in Britain, it was everybody, every place Sammy else, Going South. Sammy Goes South. Well, there are two versions of it, too. There's the British version, which is quite long. Oh. And then there's the American version, which was recut uh, and retitled. And it's actually a better movie Oh, no kidding. For it. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, however, it's that... that, that particular version was done by Paramount, and I don't think they own it anymore. So it's wow. kind of difficult to find that version. But the other one that exists, it's just, it's just way long. How interesting, because oh. I, I saw uh, A Boy Ten Feet Tall, like, probably movies for a Sunday afternoon mm-hmm. when I was like, you know, nine or ten. Right. And it blew me away, because it was, for a movie about, I don't think I'd ever seen a movie that starred a kid that was in, as intense as that, and felt mm-hmm. as gritty and real. And it the, it just totally blew me away. So all these years later, to get so bowled over by another film and yeah. discover that it was the same person who made both films was just like, wow, that's like, that's that's art, you know? That's like one person communicating to another person across like decades. And so uh, that always blew me away about, about no, it. No, it's got that amazing script too, which... Oh, um, God, it's... Astonishing. If you read, I, I got a. There's a published version of the uh, of the screenplay that has uh, it has the original Ernest Lehman. Uh, it might. I don't Clifford know if he Odette's. ever got as far as writing script pages. Well, Lehman didn't. It was Clifford Odets, I think. Clifford Odets rewrote, rewrote, rewrote Lehman. He yeah. sat in the back of a truck, literally on Broadway, and wow. was re- rewriting pages and handing them out. And you can like. It, there's a, there's because. A, Alexander McKendrick has a fantastic. There's a fantastic book on filmmaking yeah. that's collect his collected lectures and and writings from his CalArts years, and uh, he does a side by side sort of like here's the Lehman, here's how Odette's changed it and why, and it's one of the mm. best things I've in my experience that I've ever read on screenwriting, uh. particularly from a director's perspective mm-hmm. of, of why and and how much Odette's took and improved and just like. Um, just like man shot a speedball into that <laughs> Ernest Lehman story. It's just, it's just astounding to me. I yeah, I've never seen. Did he change a lot structurally, or is it because I mean Odets is all over it in terms of dialogue. He did. No, he, did. But he did. He did. Yeah, he changed it. He changed a ton of stuff. Mm. It's uh, yeah, it's it's magical. He added other character. I mean, it's it's just really? the way that he, just the way that he, uh, the things that he does uh, to kind of like pump up elements that are hinted at at the Lehman that, mm-hmm. you know, Odette's went, oh, this is, I can add a lot more and like, this will resonate way stronger and I can turn this character into much more of a foil for, you know, uh, Sydney or, or JJ in this scene and I can use this to bolster this idea about Sydney here. It's just like magical. And then there's the, di- the just the direction. Yeah. 
what McKendrick does with that camera, mm-hmm. I just looked. I, I, the first time I saw it, I was like, oh my God, this is Scorsese. He got half of his moves from yeah. <laughs> Well, it helps have James Wong Howe, too. I mean, yeah. That's, that's, that movie looks like it was shot 15 years ago. It does. Not, it no. absolutely does. Yeah. And you look and you see the stuff that they were doing, the New York exteriors. It's just, uh, it's just a godlike movie. It, it is. And I, I remember years ago at the, uh, the Noir Fest. I can't remember the name of the film, Joe. Maybe it was an, a year or two before, and it was it was a fairly low budget film noir that Odette's had written, and it really does. It feels like he took all of his B material that he came up with doing Sweet Smell and threw it into this. So it's all this sort of ersatz. Uh, the one right is uh, people people with wax heads should stay out of the sun. It's not quite good enough. I'll put it in this other one. My, my favorite my favorite line of his in uh, in uh, Sweet Smell is when Martin Miller says to uh, JJ's daughter, uh, well, girl, would be girlfriend, but actually yes. his, his sister. Um, that's day old fish, and I won't buy it. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Quit tinkering, uh, yeah, having, having a favorite line oh, for that man. movie is is a bold thing to do. I think. It's, well, uh, also, the, I mean, the characters. I mean, yeah. the, the guy Emil Meyer plays the the, the cop. The, the cop, cop, right? He is right. great. Yeah, I mean, he sweats. He's, he's only got Fantastic. he's only got two scenes, and he's yeah. so memorable. Come back fantastic. here, Cindy. I want to chastise you. I want you. to chastise you. <laughs> oh, God. Cats in the so bag, good. bags in the river. Just a minute. That's a great Yeah, no, that's, a, that's a great, boy, that's a great start. Hang on. So, uh, <laughs> okay, top but we were, I don't know, but, but actually you said something yesterday that I didn't jump on, and now we can, because we were talking about that film, and Joe was talking about how it's just not a film people know, and I feel like it's gotten a lot of, uh, I think it's better known now than it was even a It's kind of nerd ago. known. Well, it, 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 wasn't, its... it wasn't a popular movie when it was new. Right. You know, partly yeah. because of what it was about. You know, it's sort of about Ed, Ed Sullivan character, basically, right. and Winchell sort of together yeah, in one character. Uh, and I think that there's, to a lot of today's audiences, that's very dated. Right. Because there are no columnists who can, you know, ruin your career anymore. It's all, right. it's a whole different world. Um, but it's it's just such a fascinating bunch yeah. of stuff yeah you know uh I, it, it's it's got its own um power yeah. but i think so, yeah something did happen a while back where, where guys our age because it was not when i saw on tv yeah I, feel like I, I discovered it definitely saw it after diner i was always fascinated by right. it. what is this movie that kids always doing lines from you're blind mr magoo well i think you know what i honestly i think it probably had a lot to do with the whole culture of like post tarantino you know you started to hear people oh that movie's got a lot of great lines in it Right, you know, right. and I think that idea of the the written word, you know, as you hear it in a film, having that kind of, uh, uh, you know, energy and like, right, you know, probably has a lot to do with the rise of hip hop and stuff like that. Just like words, people like, you know, people uh, 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 using words as weapons. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, you know. So we should tell our audience that you can see this movie only on Turner Classic Movies, <laughs> or you oh, can, there's, there's or, you can or you can yeah, uh, buy a copy. You man. can buy physical, a copy, or you can physical stream. media. Yeah. Highly recommend it. <clears throat> the best. Fantastic. Okay, okay so well, once plenty. We don't have once again, anymore. no particular order. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's hard. You have to rank them accurately. No, I'm a not. I'm a I'm a non-ranking. People come up and say, "Well, so what's your favorite movie?" You know, and it's like, "What time is it?" Yeah. So it'll change in five minutes. And I don't know if any of these are, well, they're all some of my favorites, but they're, they're like, anyway. No, no, there's, no, there's no grading going on. Okay. Here, so it's, uh, Let's jump to, uh, okay, a movie uh, by Mike Figgis, directed in the 90s. I can't remember which 90 it was, but uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Andy Garcia and 
um, Richard Gere, Internal Affairs. I think most people want to be bad. It's because it is bad. Oh, well, we have cops. Except the cops, the guy who wants to do it worst of all. Internal Affairs is the most uh, important division on the force. We have to be better than the other cops. What do you think he's doing? Could be a lot of things. I want you to kill my mother and father. Which I think is genius. I love that movie. Love it. A movie death. that I think is more obscure than Sweet Smell of Success. <laughs> Probably so. Because Prob I don't hear anybody talk about it now. I think it's absolutely brilliant. Josh, you're looking skeptical over there. I don't think we've ever had this experience on the show. <laughs> really? Come oh, on, I, with Internal I Affairs? Hate is that movie with really? A, oh. oh my God. Okay, this is good. This That's is good. Josh, side note Josh and I have been known to dis disagree on things occasionally, before. Occasionally. And, and this is a good one. Okay. Never, never come to blows, though. So no. I think it's amazing. I, can I say So, yeah, I got approached a while ago. Um, would you be interested in doing a remake of Internal Affairs? And I thought, yeah, sure. Why not? You know, everything's remakes now. I'm mm. sort of trying to wrap my head around the. Well, if it that... worked once, exactly. <laughs> and uh, I went off and I saw it recently. Uh -huh. Have you seen it recently? I probably haven't seen it in a couple of years. How about like how many, what do you think? A couple like twenty? No, not 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 like twenty. <laughs> probably more like, uh, you know, it's probably a good. It might be like a good. Eight, nine years since I've seen Because I feel like we've come to a different... Do you think I, it, I, I think time is not kind to it, among other things. Okay, but, that might be. That very well may be. But, uh, and I've, I've liked a lot of Vegas stuff. And I realized as I started the film, I was like, oh yeah, I'm thinking about the one with Michael Keaton and the people living in the house or what I don't... I was thinking of some other... There's uh -huh. also that whole period in the 90s where they all have these incredibly awful generic titles. Right, yeah. Um, like you, Fatal Consequence. Yeah. Like <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, a Lethal Affair. Right. Um, it, it, there were so many things that were astonishing to me. First is, is how dumb Andy Garcia's character is. Uh -huh. Like Richard, because the whole movie is about this brilliant cop who manipulates all these people mm -hmm. to do things. And then you realize it's a lot easier if the people you're manipulating are abject morons. Because <laughs> basically all he does is he goes up to Andy Garcia. It's also kind of weirdly racist and misogynist. Not weirdly, it's the 90s. It's, we're still there. But it it plays on the fact that um, Andy Garcia has his sort of hot Latin blood. Uh -huh. So all Richard Gere has to do is go, hey, I'm banging your wife. And now Andy Garcia believes that Richard Gere is banging his wife because, of course, why wouldn't you believe that of your – I mean, it's – and then he – do you remember this? He walks into a restaurant. Richard Gere oh, yeah. so into his head. And Andy Garcia walks into a restaurant. His wife – I don't remember. She has some sort of high-powered professional yeah, yeah. job. You know, she's all white-collar, so he's uh -huh. a little like – he sweats. And – and Andy Garcia walks up to her, drags her from a table, starts yelling at her about mm -hmm. fucking Richard Gere, and then punches her. Mm -hmm. And they get back together. <laughs> uh huh. It's all finally decided that it's okay because Richard Gere got into his head. And it's just, there's so many things like that yes. in the movie. It's true. But, <laughs> but. Yes, okay, okay. sell it. Sell I've got it. it. But you are a director, though. You guys care about other things. Well, well, I, I <laughs> care about I, I care about those things too. <laughs> but but to, to me, the pop, that movie was all about uh, all about kind of diving in and dissecting that whole macho, poisonous, competitive. That was what the movie yeah. was about. You know, for me, them going there and them going there in that way in the in the in the the shadings in in, in which they did. Uh, that's that man. That gives that thing 
a crackle and an energy and like a real in a in like particularly now in a really disturbing way and i felt it back yeah. then that uh -huh. i was like man this is real this is like raw id kind of like coming out of this movie that i didn't expect to have it when i first saw it i was like oh it's gonna be a cop thriller you know guy against guy whatever blah, blah. but it's really uh it's like this wriggling python in a bag it's it's uh huh. it has it's has such an edge it has such an edge and such a bite to it that it shocked me the first time i saw it and it's 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 kind of you know yeah it's kind of well, yeah, i don't even remember yeah my first thing I'm, I'm sure i saw it in theaters but this sort of i also found it again maybe it's time and and coming without that first mm. flush of what it did to me right it it felt like the other thing watching i thought why would you remake this this is this is a mediocre episode of the shield today you mm, know it's, maybe. it's it's so it could be um, i think but but again you can't you can't take away that first experience with the movie because sure. that'll always inform the way yeah you... no it, it really did yes. it it hit me as, really as you know as you know the first time you show your movie to executives oh well, yeah <laughs> you know it's, they, they constantly say come on show us the rough cut show us the rough oh cut. yeah no, right, no, exactly. it's not ready come on come on show us yeah because you know that this the, yeah. whatever they think oh, of that screaning oh, is what they will always God, think they'll always no matter what you do to it yeah. no matter what yeah. happens it will always be what they thought the first time oh ever. there's a lot of a lot of work a lot of work <laughs> <laughs> Um, but we but love I, those Dylan songs. I, I think the other it. thing, the, the thing that uh, kind of redeems it from just feeling like another episode of The Shield to me is uh, Figgis' filmmaking. Yeah. He does it. Yeah, there's he's... several super lyrical passages in that movie that uh, that I think are like phenomenal, that delve into, that go, you know, he really sticks with Andy Garcia's uh, mental state and takes him on a couple of like really... Uh, uh, ex kind of expressionistic uh, uh, little little trips in the body of the movie. That, that, that is certainly true. Amazing. I'll give I'll give you that. And I'm not because I just it's so odd to me how quickly you know I'm willing to go on that journey. Yeah. Happily, it's just the fact that all it takes to set him off is like, hey, I'm bagging your wife. Ah, <laughs> well, world falls apart. It. <laughs> and um, uh, it's funny. I've never. I mean, every now and then someone will like laud some movie here that I'm right. like, I don't know, I'm not a huge fan. Uh -huh. That's like the first time someone's brought up a film that I like, that you hate. recently oh, watched first and just <laughs> was like, oh God, I'm this friggin' movie. Hey, maybe I'll watch it again now and go like, oh my God. Maybe I've rooted for you. Well, we did, you guys, I, we've been had this kind of, sorry to segue on your time, but um, uh, uh, Blow Up. Mm -hmm. Boy, boy, I, you know, I don't want to say I was wrong. My reaction, I've watched Blow Up many times uh -huh. over the years and it's always left me cold. And uh -huh. But it's one of those movies where I go, right. I need to go back. Sure. I mean, I'm not going to go. I'm uh -huh. right, but um, was it was it was it freaking? Yeah, it was, it was it was Billy and and Joe going on about blow up, and I'm just like, I guess I gotta, I'll try it again, and uh -huh. took took it because that's pretty, you know, you can't top those two guys. So uh -huh. I actually bought the Criterion and watched it a couple of weeks ago, and and I, you know, and I think the last time I saw it was way before I started actually making a living as a creative person. It was just mm. an aspiration. Uh -huh. And I think once you've gotten into that place where your life is devoted right. to making things, right. you all of a sudden understand it's, I was like, oh, this yes. is, this is what I go through every time I write a script. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, know? yeah, like, no kidding. It made perfect sense. I uh -huh. absolutely loved it. Now it's like, uh -huh. like all right, okay. But, uh, internal affairs, I don't know, but you know, maybe, <laughs> so we'll, you can pay it for it. You can go and watch it now and now you'll hate it. Mm. Check it out. It's gonna <laughs> it's gonna offend some of you. Sorry. <laughs> exactly. But um, there's 
going to be that little nagging voice deep in your gut that you'll go, you'll recognize it. Hey, wait, maybe that's, we're looking for the freaky thing. Yeah, I, I don't think this will make news. Or anything. <laughs> Olson hates internal so. affairs. Guess so. what? No one gives a shit. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Okay, let's see. What's next? Uh, okay. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Out of the Past. Hey, now. Out of we're, the past. We're, we're good again. Film noir. Uh, another one that I don't know. Uh, I don't. It's it's uh, it's kind of it's beloved. I know that. I, I don't hear it talked about a lot. I don't hear it talked about as much as it should be talked about. Um, uh, another absolutely brilliant uh, film noir classic. Uh, Jacques Tourneur yeah. directed it like a complete absolute master. And uh, man, Robert Mitchum, the incredible is- Robert Mitchum, is just like. Made it look easy, didn't it? Mind-boggling <laughs> how cool that dude was. Yeah. yeah. Just amazing. And it's, it's got the, like, the greatest... I think the narration in that is some of the greatest, the coolest I've ever heard. Me and my brother Eric are... Con- Eric, my brother, who Josh knows, can like recite chapter and verse probably every He's line of narration. box. He can terrifying. recite that narration like verbatim, and it's just beautiful. Yeah, that's a gorgeous... I, don't, I, I can't really... Say, I mean, I love. You that could thing. say you hate it's, the remake. It's uh, oh, oh God, yeah, the remake. Yeah, that was not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched looking, movie. I you're looking for something. It's no out of the past. It, it's no out of the past. Um, yeah, that was actually one that. Uh, 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 I mean, History of Violence owed much to that. Oh, and, and yeah. um, that was one of the few cinematic references I didn't bring to it. That came from the book. Actually, it was kind of that. Yeah, a bit of that. But um, yeah, that's a that's a beautiful film. Yeah, it, it looks so good. And, oh. Just it's, like gorgeous. I think it's still. Uh, uh, I think it's uh, shot by the same guy. Uh, I think it's Nicholas Musaraka. Yeah, yeah, who shot the uh, the Val Luton films with Turner. So oh, that makes just, that makes a lot of sense. Absolutely beautiful, man. Just yeah, incredible craftsmanship. It's gorgeous. And, and Raymond Burr. It's gorgeous. Is Raymond Burr in? Is Wait Raymond a minute. Burr in it? Wait a minute. No, I who am so. I thinking? Who's the villain? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Kirk Douglas. Kirk Douglas. God damn it, Kirk Douglas. Douglas. What am I thinking? Oh, of? you're always getting those two mixed. <laughs> no, what's what's the Ray? Never mind. Yeah, that you know, it's a natural mistake. Kirk Douglas, <laughs> man. God, what am I? What is the what is the Mitchum film with Raymond Burr? And, it's uh, uh, his his uh, his girl. Um, what the hell's the name? Oh yeah, the crazy one. Yeah, which I love. Um, yeah, no, I absolutely uh, love it. Oh, I can't God. remember the title. You know the one. His kind of woman. His kind of woman. Oh, yes. I don't. I've never seen that. Oh, you've got to see it. Okay. Uh, Anyone who would confuse his kind of woman with that of the past. You've got to see. You've got to see his kind. Oh, really? Of okay. Yes. Yeah. Because, on the list. Because it was. It right. was. A, it's a Howard Hughes production, mm-hmm. and it was started by John Farrell, who's one of my favorite oh. directors. And it's you know it's a, it's a it's a noir, but over the, Hughes, who was never happy with anything, mm. uh, constantly just kept adding and adding and adding and changing cast members. Mm. And Raymond Burr actually replaced uh, another actor named Robert Wilk, who was the villain. And they had to reshoot a whole huge amount of the movie because of it. And and John Farrow had gone away. And so Uh Richard Fleischer came in. And Richard Fleischer, who is not credited, Uh shot like a third of the picture, including the last half hour. And wow. also, it co-stars Vincent Price in what was Who's a small, so was a small role as a sort of a ham actor. And, he he, and Hughes liked him so much that he, he added all these comic <laughs> scenes at the end of the picture, which are intercut with uh, Robert Mitchum being tortured. 
<laughs> so it cuts between slapstick and torture constantly through the entire end of the picture. Amazing. And it's an, and it's an amazing That's movie. Incredible. I mean, it's so crazy. And it and it goes on forever. It's, wow. it's really fun. How the fuck did I confuse those? <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, it's worth looking for. It's, it's always it's confused with Out of the Past. Though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can see well, why. Some kind of, I don't know, is it right? Though? <laughs> it's no surprise at Sometimes all. Sometimes you've just seen too many movies. <laughs> that, and then there's that. <laughs> Yeah, and then they merge together in strange ways. Um, <laughs> but completely, I don't know why this just popped in my head. Uh -huh. Who, whose idea was it to do the Bill Sienkiewicz kingpin? Because I want to kiss that person on the mouth. Uh, that, was fantastic. It, that, that that decision <laughs> happened really early. I think when we started hitting on the the uh, the the basic style and the idea that oh, we can push as far as we want with this yeah. stuff. Um, I think our production designer Justin Thompson who's a genius, absolute genius, Justin is. Um, I think he was the one that, oh, we could do a Sienkiewicz kingpin. And uh, and we all kind of said, yeah, yeah, can we make that work? <laughs> and then we started thinking about how cool it would be to have just basically this little head and a couple of hands yeah. floating around on a big black yeah. shape. And uh, yeah, we kind of like jumped in and, and, and didn't look back. Oh. And we even... Uh, you know, when you see the movie, there's a whole flashback uh, about the yeah. Kingpin's family life that, you know, we even rendered it in the style of a Sienkiewicz movie. Yeah, which is, oh, it's just, that stuff made me just so like, happy. Oh, yeah. It's so, My niece didn't so pick happy. up on any of it, weirdly, but, uh, you know. Yeah, there's Sienkiewicz, <laughs> there's Kirby, there's, uh, I think there's a couple of, there's a couple other artists who get direct shots. Oh, yeah. But, oh, yeah. That was glorious. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, yeah. sorry to talk about your movie. No, no, no. How dare you? <laughs> Ridiculous. What, what possessed you? Um, uh, let's... Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's uh, next? What What's next? To? Uh, what I'm going to go, I'm going to go, uh, Ridley Scott, The Duelists. The Duelist demands satisfaction. Honor for him is an appetite, an obsession to kill. No apology is accepted, no quarter given. Only death will satisfy honor. You have insulted me! I have strained my patience in order not to do so. But I demand an apology! Strife without reason. A quarrel pursued for its own sake. Oh, yeah, good one. Which is, uh, that's, for me, the Holy Trinity is Duelist, Blade Runner, and, uh, Alien. Alien. Is like, quah. What? <laughs> That's that's all you need. But the duelists, uh, in particular, uh, a lot of these movies I I have a real love for because of the time in my life that I saw them. Sure. And it was the time in which uh, I was really uh, really like getting into film and going to see everything. If you go to the, would I'd uh, you know I'm L.A. born and raised, so I'd, I'd run to the new art and uh, just like see movies, movies, movies. And one of them was the duelist, and this was back in this had to be. I guess it was back in the seventies. Mm. It might have even when been, it came out. I think it was. I don't know if after it was. Alien. I don't think it was the first run. It, Did you see it after Alien? I think I'm that's trying what, to. Re I think that's what most of us. It probably. Sort of like, 
Yeah, because not, not many people saw when it was new. Probably, yeah, yeah. I guess what did it first come out like seventy six something like that? Uh, it was post Barry Lyndon. So yeah, like seventy six. Yeah, it was probably like seventy six or something like that. Then I maybe maybe it was post Alien, but I know I saw. I want no. I think you I seen, saw were you that one of the, thing. Uh, early for sure. I had a because I had a good friend who's dearly departed. My friend uh, Vincent Vincent Verrett, who was really into film at the time and. I think he probably oh this movie the duelist we got to go see it we got to go see it because he loved the poster yeah I remember the and poster we went it was to a see great it. looking yeah was, I think we saw it at the New Art and just uh, at the time I was like I didn't quite know what hit me but I loved it I absolutely loved it so it's uh, it's and I looking at it now I can watch that movie anytime any place anywhere over and it's over. so good it's so in it because I, I yeah I'm one of those I saw Alien and then I. Yeah, it down somehow, and I remember kind of resisting at first because it looked like it was going to be kind of dull. Yeah, you know, sort of costume drama. Sort of, yeah, right, it's right. Fantastic. And it's just like it's so good, taut, and like the, and for just you know looking at it from a filmmaking point of view, how much he does with how little. Mm-hmm. You know, when you see some of that stuff, like okay, the scene set in uh you know, on the Russian steps during the you know the Napoleon's army moving to Moscow, go, and it's oh what do we do? And there's a shot like out of an open tent and you can see just enough in the background <laughs> and you can feel it. And it's like, oh, my God. And it's just got the beautiful Ridley Scott design yeah. and uh, just the gorgeous, that gorgeous late 70s cinematography that uh, it just, I don't know, man. It's, it's got a real hold on me, that, that kind of naturalistic but slightly burnished feel, those long yeah. lenses. And ah, so good. So good. I think it's the first time I ever saw Raymond Burr in anything, too. (laughs) (laughs) He was particularly fine as the lead character. Uh, Him and Harvey Keitel were. Yeah, so that's a biggie biggie for me on the the list. And also from that, getting getting into that same period of time, um, Peter Weir, he could be his own category. But for me, uh, the ones that really hit me are... uh, the Year of Living Dangerously and Fearless, I particularly love. Yeah, those movies. And uh, The Year of Living Dangerously, uh, just that uh, how he does that that blend of uh, you know a pretty rooted, grounded character drama, but it's always got uh, just like in his other from The Last Wave, you know, stuff like that. It, there's always this overlay of kind of spirituality and. Uh, mystical um, yeah there's a mystical air to him that is that i just i i, I love hanging, hanging rock yeah, yeah exactly yeah. Like ha- there's that kind of like ephemeral kind of quality to him that uh that drives me out of my mind and uh mel gibson was brilliant in that you can you can look you look at that movie oh, yeah. and you're like fuck that's a movie here comes, star, here comes a movie man. star yeah that is yeah. a real live movie star and, it's and, unbelievable and sigourney weaver is not sigourney, exactly uh, sigourney, their scenes together yeah. it's yeah. just it's just magic and it's just it's it's also it's also a time that was just like pre the industry being completely swallowed by corporations so it still had enough of that 70s sort of like yeah I mean, there's real politics but yeah, into it. There's actual uh, politics that yeah. get referred to that, yeah. you know, you didn't necessarily... Uh, it's weirdly frustrating. Do you have any... It's not... You can't... Uh, there, there's no good HD or Blu-ray version of it. The, terrible. The, um, one of them... I think there, there's one on iTunes, but it's cropped. 
185. Yeah. And I'm that horrible. I mean, I think we're probably everyone in this room. My, yeah. my, ever since I first showed my wife a trailer of that, she's dying to see it just because, oh. and I'm like, I'm not showing it to you until there's a good scope Blu-ray of it. She's like, fuck, I'm going to watch it now. You're like, no, you may not. But, because, <laughs> you know, she's not going to enjoy the film if she can't see the, uh. the, Far edges of the frame, I'm sure. But, <laughs> but what that? Why is? Do you have any? Do you need I have to no go pester Warner archives and make them. Uh, I can't. I can't imagine that they've just sort of passed over it. I think there must be some reason. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 an abomination. That is. It's just horrible. Yeah, it is. It's terrible. That and the devils. They're sitting on both. Oh yeah, I saw. Well, there's there's a reason. There's oh yeah no that's, yeah that's, I can uh, yeah. I can see yeah. good and well why people yeah. might be hesitant to that's, push. That's going to happen there. soon though. I have, I have faith. Really, it yeah. is going to happen. It is going to happen. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, that he's, yeah. Yeah, Peter Weir, you could do a whole, Master oh, Commander. Yeah. Master like, Commander. Yeah, Fearless, like I was saying. Yeah. That, that's. I don't know why, even knowing it's him, I avoided Fearless when it was in theaters because it just oh. looked everything about it. It just had that patina of right. something that would annoy the hell out of me. You and, know, and, and, and then you see it, it's just. It's staggering. Unbelievable. I, I, I was so, like, uh, the emotional uh, punch of that movie is just yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. It's crazy. Probably the best plane crash, like, of all. Yeah, that's. I'm trying to. What's what's better? Yeah, it's it's an amazing. It's, you'd never seen wild. a plane crash like that no, before from no, that, kind that, of, was like, that perspective, and yeah, incredible. What else can I jump into? Let's see. Uh, okay. Uh, the Martin Scorsese portion of the movie New York Stories, uh. which is titled Life Lessons, where Nick Nolte, Nick Nolte is a. Yeah. Aging painter Rosanna Arquette's is kind of his muse, and it's this uh, this whole it's kind of this whole portrait of the of the New York art scene in the in the eighties, which uh, I wasn't in New York, but I worked in a, uh, a bookstore here in L.A. Hennessy and Ingalls Art and Architecture Books for for years. So while all, while that whole scene was churning on, I was like reading Art in America and Art <laughs> Forum and. You know, some of those guys to come into the store. So seeing that movie was a real like, oh my God, that's what it's actually like over there. And it's just a beautiful little film. It's it's probably it's kind of sacrilegious. It might be my favorite Scorsese. Film. Really, really. It's just a. It's just it's a sh- kind of because it's short. You mm-hmm. know, I love I love little gem like kind of smaller things. It's uh, written by Richard Price, so it's you know. Uh, fantastic uh, Nick Nolte yeah. just like his performance in that movie he totally summons up that uh, the the myth of the American painter with the drinking problem and he's right. divorced six times and he's but he's still got the fire of the you know all that stuff and uh, it's just so good man I just I love it it's I, I think Nestor Almendro shot it that was gorgeous so everything about it I just uh yeah, I just love it. And, and I, I remember the the larger film was kind of hit. Was what was it? it? Was him very hit. Woody Allen, him, Woody Allen, and 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 Francis Coppola. Yeah, Francis. Francis Coppola. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the god, the, the god Francis Coppola. Yeah, but uh, but the Scorsese one, one is the one definitely that, the good. Yes, the best of the. Yeah, that's the one that that shines in in that mix. So, one, uh, I will go to uh, Spike Lee. Uh, he may have done. He's probably done better films. I'm a huge fan of uh, Malcolm X, and uh, uh, Do the Right Thing. But I always go back to uh, uh, She's Got to Have It. 
Sorry, she's got to have it. Oh no, I'm no, we, we, knew, thought, we, knew, we knew that's what you were going to say. Did you? Yeah. No, yeah. I was hoping. I was hoping. <laughs> not that saying? I don't know. I love. I love. I mean, it's a great film. Uh-huh. I, I have. I have such. I don't want to say a soft spot. I have such deep love for Crooklyn. It's ridiculous. And oh yeah, I did Crooklyn. Part, Crook, part of that Crooklyn is, feels you like the. No, I, oh, no, no. It feels like the B-side of uh, Do the Right Thing in a lot kinda, of Kind of, yeah. But it also, it's, it's like my I, neighborhood in West Philadelphia right. where I grew oh, up yeah. at that same time looks just like Brooklyn. Yeah. And it's just oh, that's like, wild. Just simple stuff like playing yeah. with the Rock'em Sock'em robots and the Soul Trained line yeah. and all this stuff just yeah, takes me back to yeah. like... Me too. Me it, too it's me like... Too. I, and, and the best review I ever read of it was somebody said it, it feels like a first-time filmmaker in all the right ways. Yeah. Like, yes. Oh, that is Probably I've, a sister because she wrote it. They but wrote I think it. that's that's part of why. But, but do the right thing is another one that like ugh. roots me so much in the time when I saw it and like, uh, you know that's like the the pre internet pre internet mm-hmm. uh, pre DVD commentary days when yeah. it was like that. I, I mean, let's be real. It's the pre black movie days, pretty much. Yeah, because yeah. like black black features by black filmmakers were so far and few between. That to see this one, that was like so uncut and uh, like a distinct voice, and like really like making a movie about how people were living now instead of like you know sharecroppers in the Delta or, right. or whatever was just like a bomb blast or Private Eyes, yeah, or pri- yeah, you know, and it was just uh, and it was uh, uh, the the black the 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 feeling. I remember the the feeling like, oh my god, I can feel somebody made this movie because it's so like it's so homemade and it's so like right there and it's uh and it felt so real in so many ways. Even though you know, I I will say, yeah, as a work of filmmaking in and of itself, is it you know like the most accomplished or whatever? No, but that's not an energy though. Yeah, but yeah, the spirit yeah. and the soul and the all of that about it. Uh, is so uh, uh, and it's historic place. I remember getting the that the book he did on the making of it with his little journal, mm-hmm. and he talked about yeah, I borrowed some money from my aunt, and oh, somebody came through with a check for fifty dollars that bought some <laughs> enough, you know, some lunch for you know three days on set. And it was just like oh man, I love this dude so much, and uh, it was one of those things that was uh, uh, ultra inspiring. And back in those days, made me feel like okay. It's possible. You can do it. Somebody can do it. You can right. do it. So and what? Well, wait. Are, and now, aren't you you're like in the club with? Uh, what was the thing I just saw? Like a, <laughs> this amazing picture the of hundred like, million dollar club. Yeah. yeah, but it's like yeah, kind of. I mean, on this one, there were you know, on Spidey, there were there were three of us. But my other but no, my other movie with uh, uh, the other animated feature I did, Rise of the Guardians. Guardians. Yeah. yeah, I was I was I was in on that. But uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's it's. That is a whole other like. But I was saying it was black directors like, who have yeah hit a hundred billion, and I was yeah. like, oh my god, there's people. Yeah, and it's like, like what? Are you those. kidding me? Yeah, and those numbers are like so completely unreal to me. They're yeah. just like, I mean, I'm happy they're there. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but it's so it's just it's such an abstract that you just like oh you're just like looking on the you know you get little emails that say here's the you know they're, they're, they're accountants numbers. Yeah, exactly, yeah. and it's just like okay, great. But um, yeah. But it all so much of it started there. Yeah. Uh, Have you watched the uh, the 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 reboot or whatever the Netflix show that he did? No, I haven't. I, I haven't. I, I I heard good things. Yeah, I, me not, too. I, I heard I, excellent things. I don't know why I haven't yet. I actually heard excellent things about it. Uh, it's just one of those like added to the list of 
of yeah. stuff you haven't yeah. seen yet. Yeah, <laughs> so much, man. It's just yeah. incredible. It's crazy. Uh, where to next? Do, 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 uh, oh, okay. I got to talk about. Uh, oh, okay. I'm going to talk about that first. <laughs> it's almost kind of a double bill. There are two films that I think came out in pretty close proximity to each other, if I remember right. I always lump them together because they kind of gave me the same kind of experience. Uh, Ken Russell's Altered States and Koyana Scotsy. In the basement of one of the country's leading medical schools, Dr. Edward Jessup, candidate for a Nobel Prize, is conducting the most dangerous experiment in the history of science. And the subject of the experiment is himself. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, and I remember it was like 82 or 81, 82, something like that, that those came out. Altered States had to be 81. 81. Yeah. Who I, who I saw it with, yes. And, uh, and uh, was like a year later. I think, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. But both movies gave me the same like, holy shit, what, 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 what did I just like blew the back of my head off? Just the... Uh, altered states with the uh, um, just a psychedelic uh, yeah, tripsy just and just the relentlessness of it. How it was just like he would like put his foot on the pedal and just like keep mashing down, and it just like the stuff is hitting you and blowing you away, and it would just like go 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 go. And I I loved how he how it uh uh it just made it such an overwhelming experience, and I. I I love movies that can do that and kind of get away with it, and uh, I know a lot of it's you know over the top, kind of ridiculous. And when it, actually when I when I it's actually looked, quite a bit like a movie called Return of the Ape Man. With yeah, I, seriously, it, it's like oh, it's a guy who turns like a scientist who turns himself into a monkey man, and it's like what? I don't know this film at all. What? What? Return well, there's the there's the Ape Man where Bella right. turns himself into an ape. And then there's a picture called Return of the Ape Man, which is supposed to be the sequel, but actually it's a completely different story. <laughs> I was going to say it boils down to this like guy turning yeah. himself into a monkey, kind of. Yeah. But uh, everything around it, um, everything around it was just so, for me, especially for me at the time, I was like, I don't know, somewhere in my late teens or whatever. And uh, uh, just these kind of, you know, scientists having sex and being passionate about science and just like, <laughs> You know, and uh, metaphysics, and it was just ah, oh, it was just like mother's milk laced with LSD. I guess. Yeah, for sure. That's uh, what that crazy, some of that crazy Chayefsky dialogue. Oh too, god. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, and I remember reading reading articles about how Chayefsky was so pissed off at Ken Russell that he was having like you know William Hurt eat sandwiches while he'd be spouting the dialogue, and I was like, no, it's perfect. <laughs> it's great. I love it. I love it. I love it. They they were. I mean, so legendarily, good. did not get along on. No, no, yeah, it was not. No, a, he took, not a happy set. It, didn't he take his name off? I think uh, he, Chavsky, name did, off. Yeah. he did. Yeah. He take or he tried to. I think he did. I think he did. Because I, I remember did. literally the first time I met William Hurd, uh, the first thing he did was start telling me stories about how uh, uh, Chayefsky and and oh, really? Russell hadn't gotten along and how he oh, really? personally sided with Chayefsky. And I was like, oh, oh really? Good. And I think it was you know because you know, I, I think he knows how to talk to writers <laughs> is what that was. But, uh, so I'm like, no, Ken Russell did you a favor. But again, Russell, the theater, you know, where the text is everything, which is, loved it. But yeah, no, I, that's a fantastic. And Kyan yeah. Scotty. Oh, Kyan Scotty. Kyan Let's all do it. Man. <laughs> yeah. Kyan Scotty. Uh, that was 
I think I had seen a trailer for it, like at the new art yeah. or someplace like that. Didn't quite know what to expect, and uh, that was that's like one of the probably artistic, uh, you know, art experiences that you have. Probably most formative ones was seeing that and just being like walking out. I remember went to see it with uh, with uh, a couple of friends and uh, coming out of the theater afterwards, and it was late. And the you know it's one of those movies the world looks like looks totally different, and you yeah. you're seeing the world through the eyes of the movie after you come out of it. It was just mesmerizing. Just I to, saw that at uh, Telluride. Uh, yeah. uh, at an outdoor screening. Ooh. Oh, wow. Through, through a haze of smoke. I'll bet. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. I'll bet. It was quite memorable. Yeah. Wow. The, the other movie that that, uh, that I remember changing the way I saw the world when I came out of it was Brazil. Oh, yeah. wow. Because every time, yeah. when I came out of Brazil, all I could see was ducting everywhere. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you notice how much of that shit there is. It's, that's hilarious. Yeah. Can you say any of the other, uh, like, uh, Pauscotzi and... Um, I've seen Powerscotzi. I haven't seen the last one. It's because I wonder if like they, I mean, they're all fascinating. They don't yeah. have that punch, but I mean, the first because it's well, the first time. It's the first time, but also the, the, time, the photography yeah. is so clear. Yeah, yeah. Picture. I mean, it's yeah. gorgeous. It's just like, and I loved how so. I mean, Coppola jumped on that immediately. I remember. Oh yeah, in Rumblefish, you yeah. see a lot of that. Well, uh, that's that's another one. On that. Oh well, hey, let's do it. Let's go. Let's let's, do let's, it. This seg perfect segue. Uh, Rumblefish. <laughs> Rusty James. Biff Wilcox looking for you, Rusty James. I'm not hiding. He says he's going to kill you, Rusty James. Yes. Uh, uh, another, uh, you know, film fan, a lot of film fans are really into it, but I think in the wider world, uh, that one uh, kind of slipped between the cracks. And uh, it was, uh, that came at that, that, uh, that little window right around then it's like right around 82 i think it came out 83 probably yeah I think. so it was coppola sucking up uh inspiration from david lynch and uh and godfrey reggio yeah. mm -hmm. a lot and just like take just taking tricks from that bag and like grafting it onto this his version of a uh of european art film and uh his uh you know coppola's sort of uh creative obsession i guess about brotherhood and you know looking up to the beloved older brother that you never think you can live up to the example of his movie tetro that came out yeah. just a couple of years ago really well, good it's, movie. It's, it's probably like 10 years ago now yeah, i don't it's know it's at least 10 yeah. is it really yeah God, this is terrible <laughs> it's, it's terrible getting old um but uh yeah he revisited that again with tetro it's the yeah. exact same theme but uh Rumblefish, man, absolutely blew me away when I Amazing saw it. Amazing to look at. Ah, it's so gorgeous. And just the, you know, the way they push the visuals, the way he's, just his staging of stuff. He's just, he's, uh, he's such a master. And the casting, uh, every, every detail of that thing. And, and, uh, and even sort of the, uh, kind of the, the thing that appeals to me about a lot of his movies is that a lot of them do have like a, like a homely kind of uh uh 
there's something super personal about the way they're made. A lot of his movies, mm-hmm. they 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 uh, as as supremely crafted as they are, and as like as perfect as uh, as a lot of them seem. There's a lot of these touches that feel like real idiosyncratic and and uh, and imperfect and kind of cornball easy sometimes even, but that are just like oh wow there's a there's a guy in there doing that and there's a person making that who who uh, has a real specific feeling about I don't know there's a I can just really feel his imprint and his signature on those yeah. movies and uh, man you got Tom Waits and Oh. Mickey Rourke, just like Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, it's just, like I'll just do, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Incredible. Raymond Burr, the yeah. um, the uh, at least Don's listening. God damn it! Um, <laughs> now, I remember going in to see that, walking into the I theater, and as I walked in, a guy walks out going, "Oh, what a piece of shit!" Which actually is the best way to see any movie, uh-huh. let alone a fucking masterpiece. Because I'm going, because you'd already heard, uh-huh. you know, people were at best split over. Oh, I fish. know. And I'm going, oh God, oh God. And I sit down and I'm just in heaven for the I, next two hours. Tell me about it. It's, I was just uh, like, this is, I can't, because I, you know, obviously Coppola, I worshipped him already, but it was yeah. like, this was just like, is there nothing he can't do? <laughs> and, uh, but you, Robin but, Williams companies. Probably, oh yeah, okay, you should I'll probably stay away from I'll, those. I'll but, give you that. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I just remember the critical response, and I also remember critics being the same way with like Apocalypse Now. Well, that was to be fair. That was a that was a. I was talking about this the other day. They got very upset with me because I I still you know it. it he missed the mark with Apocalypse Now. No, come but on. the mark was so high that what he hits leaves behind one of the greatest movies ever made. I yeah, just, I just remember that kind of sense of like. Am I? Joe's looking at me like I'm. I'm just trying. I'm waiting to see what you're going to say. No, I just, I just feel like it is, it is, um, it is a when, when I hear the words "flawed masterpiece," I think Apocalypse Now. I mean, what do you think is its biggest flaw? And again, I watch Apocalypse Now at least once a year, right? And, you know, but what's his biggest what? What, what's the biggest flaw of Apocalypse Now in your, in your mind? Um, uh, I, the end of the Brando stuff kind of, it mm. does kind of meander mm-hmm. and it doesn't seem to quite go. Uh, quite where anybody wants it to go and mm-hmm. but it, it it feels a little cobbled together it, it feels I, like what I, it is I, and i, I felt I that think way it before. is cobbled mm-hmm. together yeah yeah i is. think it is. it is and you know and you have things like him just sort of rambling and intercut with his chopping up of the all of which is wonderful but it does feel it has a kind of last ditch desperate let's throw in a collage of all this stuff we have and hope it gels thing that i, I think it does finally but i do remember seeing it when it came out mm-hmm. and kind of going with people like, yeah, yeah. All right. But then every time I go back, like, Oh, and oh, which, for which yeah. version do you go back to? Oh, the, the apocalypse now reducts. Of course, that's the masterpiece. Isn't it? Joe, the, uh, nah. Joe's playing, I mean, no, what I, what I love about it's got him, more Colleen camp. But that's yeah, I, as a friend of mine said, it's like, can you imagine a movie that got worse by adding more <laughs> beautiful naked women to it? Yes. Apocalypse now. Um, no, that thing's fun from a sort of, I guess historical point of view to see, but um, no, I'm not. I'm not a fan of that. No, the original cut, of course. Yes, yeah. I saw. I saw. Ma- the, uh, it's amazing, but it missed. It missed. Uh, but, I, you yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll dispute you. I'll dispute you. I don't think it missed. I think it. I think it hit. It just didn't hit you. <laughs> Maybe yeah. I mean, there were, and it felt like. And two, I may be going along with sort of what the consensus was at the time that clicked with my mm. perception of it. 
because um, it is, you know, at a certain point, how do you argue with a movie you've seen 48 times? Yeah. You know? uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the food it's, is terrible here. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, small yeah, yes. yeah. But <laughs> every um, time I come, I just can't stand it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but I, to get back to Rumble, I just find it. Oh, yes. Yeah. Is this, this something that is the norm? I just found this out a little while ago, Jude, in some of the shots, because all those incredible yeah. shadows in the film, some of the shots, the shadows are painted on. Yes. Yeah. And is that so that's an old yeah. expression? Was that an old thing? Oh no, I know for I mean, yeah, for like Caligari. Like, yeah. like I kept thinking, like are all my favorite old film noirs are they actually painting those? Uh, oh, sometimes. Yeah. 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 In, in in the Bride of Frankenstein, a lot of the stuff is painted on the wall. That makes sense. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, some sure. of those lock offs. Yeah. Yeah, just uh, amazing movie. Amazing. Yeah, movie. and weird. And he did what the same. I mean, came out almost. How far apart did they come out with the Outsiders? I mean, they were. Back to back releases. Well, the the S. E. Hinton era. Yeah, you know. but it was like the same year, wasn't it? I think it was. I think yeah. they were. Uh, I think they were a year apart. I okay. think so because he shot. He finished Outsiders and then went right into Brian Rumblefish. Yeah, and said, "Okay, I'm going to make the opposite of that." Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's an interesting God. double feature, but I will go back to Rumblefish many more times before. Yeah, same here. I, uh, that movie just has my heart. Um, next. Uh, okay. Uh. I could talk about Kurosawa all day long, every day, like for the rest of my life. I could talk about just Seven Samurai all day long, but I'm sure everybody, that's like, that's one of the canon ones I said. I'm going to stay away from that. Instead, I'm going to jump to a whole nother, I just had to declare my love. I just, I'm going to jump to a whole different director. Oh, okay. Kobe, Kobayashi. Not going to do Kurosawa? No, but well, I could, okay, I can. Well, I can hit you. No, I can, no, no, I can, keep I can, Kobayashi. I keep going. Harakiri. I'm, I'm, I'm. Over my head. That movie. I've, I've, it's on my. It's one of those. Oh! You know, got to, got oh to see God. it. Oh my God! Really? You okay. Have to. Okay. Have to. Have to see it. It's on my queue. You have <laughs> to see it. You. You must. You have to see that movie. It's. Uh, it's. It's basically the the basic setup of the story is. Uh, a samurai shows up at the gates of a, uh, you know, feudal manor. And uh, threatens to commit harakiri unless he's uh, basically given food or shelter or whatever. And it's uh, it's it's a huge disgrace, I, and and I guess a dishonor to the house to have that happen. And it's a it's a period in which there's lots of wandering ronin and set in the Civil War era. And uh, I, I might be remembering it imperfectly because it's a little while since I saw it. But and what part does uh, Raymond Burr play? Yeah, Raymond Burr, yeah, Raymond, <laughs> Raymond Burr actually plays the monster that invades from. Uh, That's never going to get old. Uh, uh, yeah, he's 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 cut into the American version as, <laughs> as the reporter who. Uh, oh, nice save! Nice save! <laughs> I'm Steve Martin, and uh, this That's is right, Steve this Martin. Is yes. That's I'm so sorry. So crazy. Please carry uh, on. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so Harakiri, the cool thing about Kobayashi is he takes the same era that Kurosawa delves into and has a more like class-based and political hmm. view of it. And it's, uh, he, you know, it's you're not beaten over the, the head with it, but it's it's definitely there as the uh, the backdrop to the story of like, wow, this is like, it's a real examination of that feudal, the feudal system at the time in Japan and how uh, the inhumanity of it and how the, you know, the, how exploitive it was of, of the, uh, the samurai who 
you know, eventually became Ronin. And, uh, and uh, oh, now I don't want to spoil it too much because <laughs> I it's know that's terrible. So, Josh, Ugh. it's so good. It's, we, we, it's fantastic. If, if Filmstruck was still around, you could probably just. Oh, no, you could. Oh, you yeah. Yeah. But rush, rush out, order it from Criterion, watch it. Oh, you, you, okay. won't, you won't be sorry. It's a masterpiece. Um, excellent. No, I, I will. Is that fair? Not. To, I mean, you should be. I don't know. We have it's listeners a, who they need to... Absolute master. They probably haven't seen it either. Kobe, okay, so we won't spoil it for that. <laughs> right, Kerry, no, I'm yes, not going to spoil okay. it, you guys. You just have to go see it's, it. It's, uh... it's that those who know, know. Those who don't, <laughs> go see it now. But uh, let me toss out another super cool Japanese film. Yes. Pale Flower. Uh, again, another film. I, I know of. I, uh, I think that might be a Criterion disc as well. It is, because I actually own it and I haven't watched it. Dude, <laughs> you got a double feature coming okay. up then, because okay. Pale Flower is... Uh, just an amazing, amazing. Just uh, see, I don't want to spoil this either. But it's set in the in the yakuza world, and it's got to do with drugs and uh, exquisite black and white photography. That is, uh, I, I wish I could remember the name of the cinematographer. I can't even remember the name of the director, which is a sin. But it's uh, it's a another to me another masterpiece that I don't hear referred to enough. Astounding. You had me a black and white. What he says, the older I get, the more just a movie being in black and white will draw me in. No, it's a sign of quality. <laughs> I, I guess. Poetry. I guess. It's, I guess. It's, it's the poetic, uh, the poeticization of the image. Um, uh, wait, well, when speaking of and again, back to your mood, I'm sorry to do this, but I just, I no, loved, I did, uh, 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 so Spider-Man Noir, they're going to be a feature is. Um, uh, I doubt, I, I, who knows? I doubt. <laughs> I don't know if the thing a if the thing makes more money then uh, I think you'll see all kinds of stuff. But people love that character. So oh my god! Well, I'm Nicholas sure there's going to be some kind so of spinoff I, somewhere. I or... somehow had missed that Nicholas Cage was involved in the film. Yeah. And he starts talking. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah, god. yeah, yeah. He would love that character. He was totally linked. Yeah, clearly, totally clearly. Linked. And he was also in Rumblefish, so there's a little. That's right. All things. That is correct. All things come back to Cage. Have you seen Mandy, by the way? Not no, I haven't. Uh, I have not had the chance. It is. It, it is uh, I'm, I'm trying to form a, a theory about because um, uh, there's there's Nicholas Cage is in two of my favorite movies this year, both of which use excessive amounts of red, <laughs> and both of which um, only one I'm guessing are are even more fun on drugs. But um, uh, it's it's pretty wonderful. I hear incredible, incredible. I'm, I'm kind of holding out for the chance to see it on a big screen, and I yes. don't know if you can anymore. Yes. But that's yes. how I want to see it, so yeah. I'm kind of waiting. Speaking of big screens, this is a movie that it probably goes in the canon and gets talked about all the time. I'm going to do it anyway. That's all Because right. it, it goes back to my theme of when I, where I was when I saw it and how I saw it. Days of Heaven. Oh, yeah. Sure. Days of Heaven that's okay. came out when He's I a... was, what was I? I was probably teenager. Yeah, no, I was like 15, I think. Mm -hmm. And this was I think it came out either the same year or or after Star Wars came out around the same time. And I think Star Wars is what what really like got me off my ass going out to movie theaters hmm. on my own to seek out movies obsessively at the time, and I remember seeing a commercial on TV for Days of Heaven and it just like it hit me like between the eyes, just the the imagery and the music, yeah, yeah. and I I became obsessed with seeing that movie. So I dragged Eric. We jumped on a bus. I lived in South Central, right off Crenshaw and Slauson. 
at the time. We said, God damn it, I get a, we've got to see that movie. Jumped on the, the 85 to, uh, no, we, it was playing in Westwood at the Village Theater, which is like one of the great places to see a movie, or at least it was. Was back, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. Got on the bus. Uh, <laughs> I remember going up to the box office and getting tickets, and I'm sure the person behind that was like, are you sure you know what movie you're going to see? Because, <laughs> you know, we're just two, two 15-year-old kids. <laughs> and uh, just like was seeing it on that giant screen at the village with that sound was like, you can't, that's like a, that's like a, a cinematic experience you cannot beat. And no. every time I've seen that movie since, it just gets better and clearer and it's, it's, uh, the story, you know, it's because there's because there's so little dialogue, you know, you, you know, same thing as usual. Ah, there's not that much story. <laughs> it's so it's that thing's got universes in it. Yeah. Uh, just absolutely, absolutely incredible. And uh, yeah, and it was great, like years and years later to go opening day to see the Thin Red Line also at the Village Theater. So it was kind of beautiful to be able to repeat the experience with two Malick films like decades apart and like still feel that like, Oh my God, I feel like I have almost the only two he made between. Yeah. Yeah. No, literally. Literally. I think they, I think that was the first one he made made after. So, uh, yeah. So days of heaven always, uh, that's, you know, when they, when they bury me, I'll have that. It, it always takes me a minute, and again, I, I love it. I'm with it. It just always takes me a minute to get over Richard Gere's hair. And that oh, yeah, right. Other than that, it's just it's so perfectly blown. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. He's got the 70s. Uh, yeah, he's got the complete 70s complete Richard Gere. period like, hair. Yeah. yeah. I'll forgive him. I'll forgive him. But, yeah, it's a it's a small quibble. Gorgeous. Um, let me see. Where can I jump to? Uh, hey, something that I saw recently, because um, I got a, I got the the Criterion disc, and uh, I'd seen it before, and it blew me away when I saw it. Uh, but see, I hadn't seen it probably in 20 years. Saw it again. I was like, holy shit. I forgot how good this was. Persona. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ingmar Bergman's Persona. Yes. Which, oh, did you get the big box? No, I didn't get oh, the okay. whole huge, like, yeah. uh, maybe, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll pop for that. But uh, I watched Persona again, and uh, I remember how, like, uh, like rattling it was, uh, especially that part where uh, I guess it's uh, is it BB Anderson mm-hmm. She's telling the story about the beach and that and 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 the, the second time I saw the movie, I was astonished that they didn't show the actual scene. Oh because yeah, I, it, oh, it, yeah. Made, it made such an impression on me yeah. the first time I saw the movie. Oh, and you that remembered I thought for it. sure that I had yeah. remembered seeing really? the scene. Yeah, and in fact, it's not. It's just the intensity it's of the amazing, way that's told. Isn't it? It's just like. First of all, you can't believe where she's going with it, and you're, then you're like, it, it's so vivid, and like seeing it now, um, the thing that really hits me between the eyes about that movie is how it's so, it's so much more like it feels so much more contemporary and fresh than so many movies made now do. It's mm. like, I you can't believe, uh, you can't believe you're watching something that is from you know, the, the, the mid sixties. And then you go, well, you know what? It just puts the lie to the whole idea that people from prior eras were any less 
sophisticated or knowing oh, yeah. or like you know thought about these things any less than we did just because we can say fuck on tv now it's just this like <laughs> we have come like, a long way haven't we <laughs> <laughs> it's just like wow I, it's it's uh that period of uh there's so much about the arts in that to me that period from probably the mid 50s up until the mid 60s feels like a real like golden age of uh and I'll, okay, I'll take it into the seventies too. Yeah, I have to, but yeah. it, but 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 that that era. There's something about the, dy- the just the dynamism of that era and how it was like people were really reaching for stuff, and there was so many uh, so many uh, cultural discussions were like being born then or like really being hard fought then that you can see it in the in the. Uh, the movies of the time. Well, they were starting to push against the restrictions. Absolutely. Films, which, which always, I, I realized this when I started getting into pre-code films years and yeah. years ago, that so much of my conviction, unspoken, unexamined conviction that people 50, 60, 70 years ago were just more naive about everything than we were. Oh yeah. was the fact that no, just in movies. Yeah, exactly. The first time you're watching a pre-code film and like exactly. someone gets in a bed with two women or, you know, all this stuff, you're going, Oh, they were they just weren't allowed to say it. I like yep. to I like to imagine what would have happened if the code hadn't come in. Yeah. And 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 it, wow. it became the sixties in the late thirties. In the late thirties. Yeah. That, that, yeah. That, what? Exactly. That would the sixties have even happened? And, well, it would be all different. I mean that everything. Would be, would be it would different. be the forties. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What a trip. Um wow. and, but there's the other argument, which is it forced artists to you know, you could make it just as well. Then you had to be Lubitsch yeah. and you had to be yeah. able you had to, to figure be very ways around it. Yeah. Over those which is another things. great true. lost art, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. So Wow, that's I've never thought that's an interesting notion. You win some we're sort of man the high castle, but set in a world yeah. where there was no code. <laughs> that would be super interesting. <laughs> really? Wow. <laughs> um, let me see. Okay, what else can I throw at you? Okay. There's a filmmaker named Patrice Leconte, mm-hmm. French director. And there's t- two films that he made that really uh, knocked me out. One was uh, Girl, on a, Girl on a Bridge, which uh, that, I, that movie just drives me crazy. Uh, uh, Daniel uh, Atoy? Atoy, yeah. He's so, that guy is a, uh, there's another movie that he's in with uh, Emmanuel Bayard. Uh, uh Encore, Encore en hiver? Yeah, 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 I think. Which is a great movie. A great movie. It's not Lecant, though. Uh, Lecant, there's that movie, and then there's a movie he did called The Hairdresser's Husband, uh, which is just a sweet little story about uh, about a guy who's a, uh, a guy who goes in to get his hair cut, this unassuming, uh, unassuming uh, uh Frenchman, and he's played by oh, why can't I remember his name? I love him as an actor, and you've seen him before. But he's a real. He looks like a a little like uh, you'd imagine him being like a French like accountant or something right. like that. He looks like a little baked potato. But he goes and gets his hair cut at this salon, and he ends up falling in love. There's a, like a real gentle courtship and a love story that happens between him and the woman who cuts his hair. And it's just another little gem-like movie that uh, it's beautiful, and it's shot. Uh, Hairdresser's husband is shot with a color palette that really feels like kind of like the south of France or something mm-hmm. like that. It's real peachy and like peach and aqua blue, and it's got a real distinct look to it. But it feels like a little 
kind of a little fairy tale, you know, a sad fairy tale about this this uh, relationship. And uh, the fairy tale feeling is also there in this movie, Girl on a Bridge. Right. Which is black and white. Which is black and white. Yeah. yeah which yeah. is gorgeous black and white. Beautiful. And it's uh, Vanessa Paradis. Vanessa Paradis right? and, and um, um, yeah. the, the, the uh, you know, that guy. Yeah, Daniel. Uh, Daniel Twain. Yeah, you just, yeah. Yeah, and it's it, yeah. his movies just. That. <laughs> yeah. And his movies just have this kind of whimsical, but but like emotional and poignant feel to them. Yeah, and they're it's they're such an interesting scale. love story or almost yeah. love story, and yeah, I, yeah, they're really great and they're film. really unique to me. And that they're uh, he's another guy that I don't feel uh, gets enough uh, gets enough love uh, out there in the world. My, my, my wife and I were really. Into those, into his films. For I love, Fred, I love the knife throwing sequences. Yeah, too. they were so, so like intense and like yeah. his focus when he was like aiming with the knife. Yeah, that's a beautiful. It's hard to find that thing. I yeah, I know. I'm, I'm always looking. Well, there's no Blu-ray. Yeah. I can't find it. Why yeah, I there's see like those a again? half decent quality out of print DVD, and that's it. Uh, I've been looking for a Blu-ray off and on for years. Terrible. Not even terrible. France. Although maybe the damn French don't put what's well, not it deals with the studio, they don't put English subtitles on most of their movies no. over there. Sure. I was trying to I was looking online to try to find a copy of uh, Cyrano de Bergerac with Gerard Depardieu, mm. which is have you seen that? I've not. <gasps> yeah, oh my God, it's a fucking work of absolute genius. I mean, because the because the play is, but it's such a good. It's uh, you got to see it, man. It's so. That thing is so uh, ironic and uh, layered, and and uh, it's 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 heartbreaking. It's absolutely heartbreaking. Just, I feel like you're in the process of saying, but you can't find it fantastic. on. I, I, you can, it? I think you you can find. I'm looking for like a nice Blu-ray of it, okay, and I saw yeah. that there was a, re, a restoration, but I think it it seems like it's French only. Okay. Yeah. So. Unless I learned. Although, if you really know, there are these the, the, the lengths you go to, and uh, this, I don't think I'm countenancing crime here. If if I have a couple of these things or films I love that are in mm. French that you couldn't find, it, like uh, Doberman for one, um, oh. where uh, uh, I got the French Blu-ray that had no subtitles. Uh, you can rip a, a good Blu-ray quality thing of it, oh. and then there are websites that have um, subtitles. Uh-huh. That you have to get this program. I think I use one called Submerge. Wow! The amount of work I have done to have two or three oh Siri Noir is another one to get American, you know, English subtitles yeah. onto French Blu-rays. Wow! It's ridiculous. He's it's, very dedicated. Yeah, 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 it sounds yeah. like it. I mean, you're a better man than <laughs> I am. But worth the effort <laughs> with a small handful of films. It's, uh, uh. <laughs> okay, now I'm going to turn go to the Wayback Machine. Uh, another kind of double feature. Mostly one of them though. Uh, the uh, the Charles the Charles Schneer Ray Harryhausen uh, Mysterious Island. Whatever you have imagined in your wildest dreams now becomes a visual reality. As Jules Verne's most fantastic adventure in space and time becomes an amazing film experience. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, uh, and also I'm throwing in Jason and the Argonauts too. Sure, both of those. Uh, no, they're two of the best. Oh man, they're so Mister. Uh, for whatever reason, Mysterious Island growing. Uh, well, I know why actually. I know why. Uh, uh, Mysterious Island growing up as a kid. 
because it was another one of those you know see it Sunday afternoon on you know move yep. you know the early show on channel whatever, and uh, you know it's got the giant crabs and it's got the it's got the giant chicken and the bees and all that stuff. But there was those movies, and I saw Mysterious Island recently. They're really well made. Yeah, they're really they're well written. The characters are are. Uh, there are well, those real... two, those two particularly, yeah, out, out of that series, they're distinct. I'm character wise, and they've they... got great music scores. Oh, I, well, that's I, I, that's probably one of the main things that really like haunts you and stays with you is the the Herman scores are just uh, there's a there's a re recording of the Mysterious Island score by it's like the Moscow Symphony Orchestra. Have mm. you heard that? Mm-mm. You should get it because it's it's pristine and like the recording is amazing it's mm. incredible and i think it's just i want to say it's just come out in the past couple of years but it's like absolutely beautiful uh but uh but uh there's the there's an emotional quality that those movies have too it's like the whole like you know and maybe it's like you know yeah you know 13 year old boy imagination of captain nemo and right. he's trying to get off the island and you know, for a humanitarian purpose for the world, and his plans are foiled, and <laughs> it's just—it's so—it's so so. It's those those uh, movies in the category of better than they had to be movies, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. which I yes. think is a real for me. That's a real like. You know, there's a lot of movies that I feel like, you know what, that was way better than it needed to be. Well, and by the way, we guys. can connect it to you know, if, if sort of the idea is to. You know, draw draw a line from the movies that formed you to your own work. I mean, that is that is. Yeah. You know, we we live in a world where a solid animated Spider-Man movie would have made a trillion dollars and did not have to be yeah. one half as good as it was. So yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's true. Um, it's true. It's 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 uh, it is. Uh, you can see the ones where people took it seriously and brought some love to it. You yeah. know, and. and uh, but I mean, you you guys did. I hate. We hate. We we don't like to blow smoke up. <laughs> I just, that, that movie just knocked. It's it is. It is much better than it had to be. Thank you so much, man. <laughs> Thank you, because it it, tru- it truly was made with love. I mean, everybody was yeah, like clearly given a hundred ten percent on it. But that is, yeah. I mean, that's the thing with some of those Harrison films. Yeah, they were clearly, oh, you know, yeah. they're not they're not phoning it in. No, <laughs> yeah, like Jason and the Argonauts. Uh, it's like uh, the Hercules in that movie. And yeah, he's like a real guy, and he's spitting in his palms, and it's it's, it's, it's so it's so they're. I love those things so much. Um, uh, are we okay sure, on time? Yeah, Can I keep going? Because I want to talk yeah. about uh, Mona Lisa. Yep, okay. Neil Jordan's Mona Lisa. Sure. Uh, uh, another movie I uh, I absolutely love. I think it's I I uh, it's another one from that time, like the my big discovery era, um, and going out and seeing things and. Uh, I think that was the first. Was that the? No, it was. I think it was Bob Hoskins. It might have been a second one after a Long Good Friday. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was after Long Good Friday. And yeah. Probably, um, I mean, he did a lot of TV and stuff. But that, but, but Long Good Friday is the one that where he yeah, really made it. Put him on yeah, the map. Yeah. Right. But that's like for for people like us. Yeah. That yeah. At least would have been like second. Yeah. And it's just got that. Uh, just the. Uh, the. Uh, that Neil Jordan. Neil Jordan really just his tone. That sort of uh, playful. But really uh, emotional, and uh, there's like a literary is the wrong word. What word am I looking for? There's a there's something about 
you know, whimsical, kind of. You it's can kind almost of say less that. romanticism. Yeah, romanticism is probably the right, the, the right yeah, word, right? Yeah. It's the right word. And just that, just that idea that he's, you know, he falls in love with this person who is like kind of completely unattainable to him, but yeah. he goes, he's willing to go to any end. And the way the that that figure is played by Bob Hoskins is just like, it just knocks me out. It's so good. And uh, there's two actors in there who are completely terrifying. Michael Caine. Michael Caine, yeah. Who's like a human lizard in that movie. It's <laughs> incredible. And like uh, Clark Peters, who went on to play uh, Lester Freeman in The Wire. Oh. He plays, he? The, he plays the, uh, the, the pimp. Wait, wait, no. He, the, he's English too? Uh, he's uh, yeah, I think he's like West Indian or or God. originally or damn it, is there anybody yeah. on the wire who's actually from America? Is it? <laughs> Sorry, Yankees. Prop Joe, Prop Joe. Yeah, That's right. a Baltimore native. That's about it. Jeez. But uh, but he's incredible in that movie. Really? Oh, wow, just, I'm. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, Clark Peters. It's been a long time. Yeah, he's man. scary as shit in that movie. But uh, yeah, absolutely love that one. And uh, it uh, it yeah, it's like a it's like a a weird fairy tale cousin to like get Carter or something in it. Yeah. That. Yeah. No, oh. I'm I'm curious there are no animated films on your list. You know what? That's yeah, good point. I know? started out <laughs> movie-wise, I animation's been like a weird detour. So there's a lot of animated films I love, like the Disney Pinocchio, mm -hmm. obviously. Oh, yeah, sure. Like, you know, magical, absolutely love. Um in the modern era though, the 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 uh, I gotta say, Brad Bird's work, like, yeah, the the trifecta of Iron Giant, Ratatouille, no, Iron Giant, The Incredibles, and Ratatouille, uh, those, I'm hard. When it comes to animation, I'm like that guy. He's yeah, he is a literal genius. I mean, those movies, for my my animation career, didn't really start until after those movies existed mm -hmm. so whenever i was looking anywhere as like i want to do that it was you know i'd i i would love to get within shouting distance of right. any of those films because they're so they have the best of the old school approach to animation and he he obviously reveres all of those and uh and uh he literally you know reading interviews with him uh he literally the same things that we wanted to do with spider-verse which is kind of like you know, kind of pull the movie out of the hands of the computer and make it feel like people were making it. That's what he was basically doing. Yeah. You know, that's what he he uh, was uh, really working hard to do with uh, Incredibles, which was his first. That was his first CG animated movie, and I'm just like, dude, you just like. And I, you know, I directed my movie uh, <clears throat> uh, Rise of the Guardians at DreamWorks, and it's just you know. You try to do one of those yourself, and you look at what he accomplished, and it's like, it's it's mind-boggling. It's just completely mind-blowing. So when it comes to animation, I mean, yeah, there's a, there's a lot I could name, but I actually started my career, and my whole intention was to be in live action. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, uh, by the time uh, the opportunity, I think the the. Uh, uh, Aaron Warner, who was the guy who produced the first the the Shrek movie, the first the first three Shreks, um, he and I had worked together on a movie called Tank Girl. Oh yeah, yeah. And I storyboarded on that and directed the second unit on Tank Girl. We did Girl. lots of storyboards. 
Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Star Wars on some pretty yeah. good movies. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, that was <laughs> yes. my real film school. I'm yeah, yeah. very lucky to work with incredible people. And uh, But uh, Tank Girl uh, was where I met Aaron. A couple of years after that, he uh, probably a year after that, actually, called me. Hey, I'm doing this thing over at DreamWorks called Shrek. It's an animated movie. And uh, yeah, you might uh, you should come over checking out. And, and you know, I was probably working on some crappy, you know, big budget movie. And I was like, animation, yeah, right. Get back to me later. <laughs> so like two years go by, and then like it's like explode. CG animation has exploded into this whole new medium, and it's like really good movies are being made. You know, and the the I I I. Uh, I finally saw Shrek and I was like, wow, that is like super cool. And then I liked the second one probably even more. So he called me uh, to come work on the third one. And he said, you should really come check this out. David, you know, the studio would love to have people like you who have like a live action background that know staging and camera mm -hmm, and right. things like this. And uh, I, I said, yeah, sure. I'll come check it out. And uh, I went, and thinking, you know, in my live action mentality, I'll be there, I don't know, eight, nine months, a year working on this one and, you know, see what happens. And, you know, those movies have much longer time frames. And at DreamWorks, they kind of like, once I started learning the animation story process, I, you know, you kind of start to fall in love with that process. And the atmosphere is real collegial and they're real collaborative uh, efforts. And you start learning, oh, it's all the same storytelling you know uh rules and and uh devices apply there's no difference between telling a story in live action and telling one in right. animation there's absolutely no difference so uh well except that the writers get to be in a union if it's live action oh yeah that's right there's, <laughs> oh, that. there's that and the direct and the directors too, by the way. DCA. Oh, really? Oh, I did not know. Oh, that. no, yeah, no, you're not a. Because I just I don't care about directors. So yeah. I, no, I, 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 I uh, but really? it's true. Yeah. Oh, I thought you got. Oh, wow. Oh, no, man, we're we're we're. Uh, wow. We're shut out. That's crazy. Anyway, but uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, and at DreamWorks, they kind of kept like throwing me little bones and leading up to uh, um, uh, being able to direct uh, a feature. So it was like, wow, it's but it's been like a. It's been like a, what, 11, 12, 13 year, uh, yeah. like detour at this point mm. from where I was, you know, originally, uh, uh, my, my original live action thing. And it's, uh, it's weird because it, it makes me a little bit of a, of an outlier in that the stuff that I'm interested in doesn't jibe with the stuff with most animated output. Mm -hmm. So for me to like the two movies I have been associated with in animation, I've been super lucky to uh, to be on stuff that could sort of take, uh, sort of absorb the the uh, where I kind of fit on the spectrum. Mm -hmm. You know, like a comic book superhero movie, which is a little outside the norm for big animated features, it was a good fit for me because it's yeah. a slightly different tonal range. And the, actually, the same thing for the for a. Uh, for Guardians, which was more of an epic fantasy kind of thing than, you know, like talking, mm -hmm. uh, you know, baboons or something like that. Right. So. Well, I'm sure My Little Pony uh, <laughs> will, uh, is awaiting see, you. If you gave that to Brad Bird, <laughs> yeah. he'd well, create a masterpiece. You know, he started with Family Dog, which yeah. is a wonderful yeah. short. Uh, Absolutely. So, well, listen, thanks for coming. Yes. Uh, My pleasure. I could yap all day. but blast. Like, well, um, <laughs> great. 
do part Thank two. You. Or we'll something. have you back, although we haven't had <laughs> yeah. anybody back yet. But you never know. We have, we have, Joe won't let me have them back. But uh, uh, one, no, the other thing he, he talked about doing is maybe talking about individual films you had worked on as a storyboard artist, which would be a way to yeah. sort of not. And then talk about some of those filmmakers. So yeah, that could uh, be fun. If you're up for that, that could be, that could I got be fun. Some, I got some good ones, yeah. So yes. That would, that, yes, would be, yes. that would be a good time. Well, thanks, so, sir. My Thank pleasure. Peter. It's an honor to be sitting with Mr. Dante. A legend. A legend. And you, Josh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what all our guests say. <laughs> our show was recorded in Hollywood, California, at Crossroads of the World. We're the official podcast of TrailersFromHell.com, the best damn movie website there is. Our engineer is the composer Don Barrett, who also transmogrified, produced, and created our theme song. This is Josh Olson for the Movies That Made Me. And special thanks to Raymond Burr. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.